Hello and welcome back to Podcasting is Praxis. I'm David, my pronouns are he and him. I'm James, my pronouns are they and them. I'm Jamie, my pronouns are he and him. I'm Rob, mine are he and him. And I'm Alistair, my pronouns are also he and him. You sure your pronouns aren't eating sandwich, Jamie? Don't think those are pronouns, Matt. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, English is one of them. One of them's a verb. Mm. <laughs> and one of them's a noun. That's basically the same thing. Mm-hmm. Sandwich is a pronoun. Um, so, uh, <laughs> patrons will know by this point that uh, I, I said, I, I gave the commandment that we will not talk about the Scott Paul. Um, however, very briefly, let's talk about the Scott Paul. Surprise, I've done the bad thing. Um, and I'm only doing this because Kate Forbes is a fucking idiot. <laughs> True. It's a pretty good reason to talk about Scott Paul, to be honest, David. Yeah, just just very briefly, just to talk about Kate Forbes. I can't be bothering any of the rest of them because one's a turf and one's just really boring. Uh, but Kate Forbes has decided I think, I think, to... I think you mean next First Minister of Scotland, Kate Forbes. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, she's been very honest, um, which, as we all know, Honest politicians are, are, are very good and they need to be honest, especially when it's about hard topics. Um, that's that's what people in the middle of the political fucking spectrum just love to see. But uh, she's been really, really honest about how much she's not into the concept of equal marriage or abortion rights or trans people and it's, it's or, not good. Or... <laughs> Or children out of wedlock. <laughs> yes, yeah, that. <laughs> that's the boldest one that she's actually put out there because I can see a fair whack of the British public kind of quietly agreeing with actually the gays shouldn't be allowed to have rights. Um, but saying that you can't like you can't be shagging outside a marriage. That's um, <laughs> that's a difficult sell in the UK Look, so David it is it is outrageous that you specifically are trying to push religious people out of politics and I know. you need to take a long hard look at yourself yeah. before yes. you carry Fucking on this sure. line of thought it's meant to be a broad tent for independence David and that means you need to keep the reactionary homophobes in what, what more do you need to know yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this this is the, the, the good thing about a broad church is that we can um, have people also, you want to save some of your ridicule for when she comes out with like women who wear wool or of low moral fiber. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that's important about the SNP to know is that this is just a, a fringe MSP. She's not really a big deal in the party. She never has been. She's kind of appeared out of nowhere. She's not been a cabinet minister for quite a while. Um, none of these views that she held were known by anyone at any high levels in the party. None of that's true at all. Oh, hang on. Uh, no, she is. She's a cabinet minister. She's the fucking finance minister. And in fact, should be delivering the fucking budget, but she's on maternity leave at the moment. So, yeah, um, normal functional party. I mean, I, I, I appreciate, like, the SMP getting into, you know, 
modern territory by doing a crossover event with the DUP. I think that's kind of, you know, I think that's a good fight to go with. No one, oh, <laughs> mate, no one has asked about the dinosaurs yet. It's not happened yet, and I'm fucking <laughs> dying for that question to come up. Did... Do the Wii Freeze actually have a position on dinosaurs? I didn't think that was one of theirs, but when you Do think you know about what? it... I, would, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I haven't fucking looked into it. I'm not going to. I'm just going to hope that that is a position that they hold and that she also holds the same position. Um, Joanna Cherry uh, tweeted that she would like to see some elder statesperson in the SNP step in and call the dogs off Kate Forbes. Is 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 the SNP even really old enough as a political force to have? Oh yeah, oh yeah, elder oh, yeah. statesmen. It is it's yeah. over hundred years minute. old. Yeah, let's um, let's get one of them just now. Oh, is Alex Salmond good? <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but Joanna Cherry here. Uh, this is uh, worst person you know makes a great point, etc. Um, she was appointed a cabinet secretary by the first minister in full knowledge of her religious views with which I strongly disagree, but this feeding frenzy is unseemly and bad for the party. See, she got wrong towards the end there again, because it's not actually at all bad. But no. um, yeah, everyone knows that this is what she's like. It's all been plain to see if anyone ever wanted to do the remotest fucking due diligence. Also, what's this shit from Joanna Joanna Cherry about not agreeing with the views? There's at least one of them she agrees with. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, so... Nah, that's that's the Scott Paul for now. We'll see. Um, just one last little point though. They have actually said that there will be like an actual debate held between the three of them. So oh, yes, look, look forward to a turf that no one really seems to know or care about. Uh, Kate Forbes also a turf that people do know about, and like the most fucking boring man in Hollywood. The annoying so, thing about the annoying thing about him is he's actually come out quite well from all of this, which is like oh, he has. You know, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so like, if we if we need to do the fucking well, you've got to hand it to him. You do not. He's a fucking SNP no. and shares a party with this fucking dickhead. Um, he himself is Muslim and has been like told off by certain um, religious clerics on his positions because his positions are socially like generally quite good like he's in favor of gay marriage he was in favor of the uh, gender recognition reform mm. so yeah um also a point to note as well that kate forbes the, the church that she belongs to the we freeze um fucking what's his name blackford ian blackford is also a member of that church oh shit and he is he i been, didn't know that yes he is but he has been censured by that same church because he consistently has pretty decent views so mm. yeah but again, she's in this party and is a fucking cabinet minister. I thought we threes is another one of these Scottish terms that I'd not heard before, like wee bams. No, <laughs> no, just, no. I'm just rolling it, with it. If she was a it's... wee bam, it'd be better. Um, <laughs> Mary Black, actually... for example, is a wee bam. Yeah. Is she? I think she's no a wee bam anymore. I think she's graduated. No, I, I, I think she was still past muster for a wee bam. Um, she's younger than me, ergo wee bam. She's, maybe she's just prestige the class. <laughs> <laughs> we ban plus <laughs> that's the Scott Paul speaking of uh, vindictive ideologies uh, let's have a look at the police shall we fun they're not vindictive are they, are they up to shenanigans again <laughs> well um, this is uh, this is the, the, the police of days gone by uh, there's currently an inquiry going on the Pitchford inquiry into spy cops the thing that we all like agree and in all Parliament the good things is that they fine. did, mm-hmm. yeah, 
yeah, this is this is all fine. Like, and, and if it happened now, it would be okay. But it happened then, and that's why it wasn't okay. The law hadn't caught up with the shifting mood of the times, David. That's clearly all the problem was. Yes, that's that's exactly it. You're right. Yeah, this is just like the Roald Dahl books. Yes, correct. <laughs> <laughs> Rewriting <laughs> cops to be more empathetic. <laughs> <laughs> nah, come on. Nobody so, has the skill to do that. This is um this is the pitch for the inquiry which ruled that um the the spy cops unit um that it's been talking about which is called the uh, special demonstration squad fucking oh that sounds great name. oh yeah. are they able yeah. to do like kickflips and then get into a big human pyramid <laughs> and stick their hands up are they, are they, are, are, is it those guys yeah, yeah, SAS, SBS, I assume SCS were all taken, so next best thing. self furniture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, I told you it was taken. The special couch squad. <laughs> <laughs> Sail now on. Um, no, the, the, the inquiry has found that an undercover police unit that infiltrated left-wing political groups caused outrage and pain to the public and acted in a sexist and racist way. Now, no. is this news? Technically not, no, because we know that the cops do this shit all the fucking time. But um, this is an inquiry looking back to a specific group that has done this for an extended period of time. Um, specifically, at the moment, they are looking between the years of 1968 and 1982. So, you know, a not insignificant period of 14 fucking years. Um, fucking heyday of uh, cop behaviour, right? Yeah. Mm. Um, it also ruled that the, the unit was not justified in intruding deeply into the private lives of campaigners, including their sexual relationships, and suggested it should have been disbanded early in its existence. Yeah, but they've stopped doing that now, right? Like we've we're, this is finished. We we're, we're not we don't have to bother with this. Yeah, stuff. yeah, we'll yeah. This this is finished. It's oh, no good. longer crimes if they do this. That's the point. Oh, like, it's no longer. Oh, it's no longer crimes. Oh, of course. Oh, that's yeah. nice. Oh, it's good for them. Yeah, not to say that these are crimes, obviously, because the inquiry's not finished, and they probably won't say it's crimes anyway. Isn't this the uh, the undercover cops who like you know basically got into relationships with a bunch of women and had children with mm-hmm. them before fucking off? Mm-hmm. 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 Um, the cabinet office knew about this unit. Top police officers knew about the unit, and the entire that fucking vicar was... from the communards knew about this unit. <laughs> <laughs> the, the entire existence in this period was pretty much just spent on left wing groups. Like it was not targeting fascist groups in any way, shape, or form at this point. Um, I think it did go on to do a little bit of that later on, but in this period, where the inquiry is looking at under the moment, duress, didn't do that shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, they, they had uniformed officers regularly checking in on those groups, so it was, there was no need for operational crossover. The operational so crossover da- event of the year. <laughs> uh, David Barr Casey, who's the one of the barristers working on this, um, said operations cause uh, the, the unit's operations have caused a lot of harm. Democratic freedoms have been infringed. Outrage and pain has been caused. A hundred and thirty-nine undercover officers spied on. More than a thousand mainly left wing groups between 1960 and at least 2010. Oh, I thought this was all in the 1980s. Uh, this section of the the inquiry at the moment, this this group of cases they're looking at only goes up to 1982, but generally this goes all the way up to fucking 2010, at least 2010. Uh, hmm. The deployment that, at least, that de- at least is doing a lot of heavy lifting, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 
the deployments of officers lasted usually four years to infiltrate these groups and inquire information about the activities of the campaigners. Barr said the level of intrusion into people's lives arising from SDS operations, particularly once long-term deployments became the norm, was very considerable. The intrusion resulting from the SDS's operations was into very sensitive areas of people's lives, their political lives, their financial affairs, legal affairs, their families, their friendships, and even in some cases, their, their sex lives. And at least five undercover officers deceived women into sexual relationships in these early operations. Jesus and there was evidence. Christ. And there was evidence that the unit's managers knew about the deception. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course they bar did. again. Yeah, there is also evidence that the risk of sexual misconduct was both obvious and recognised. More could and should have been done to reduce the risk of sexual misconduct by the undercover officers. Uh, the inquiry intends to examine how at least 15 other undercover officers deceived women into intimate relationships that occurred between the 1980s and 2010, including fathering children with them. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, um... The undercover unit compiled the information gathered about activists into extensive and deeply personal reports that were, Barr said, on many occasions sarcastic or otherwise unprofessional. The attitudes <coughs> betrayed by the language used in reports are significant. There is sexism, there is racism. There are many examples. Such reporting was known to managers and accepted because they signed off the reports. Jesus. Yeah. But was it all worth it? According to Barr, it was hard to identify a single instance in which information gathered had averted a public order calamity. So, good job. Trebles all round. Yeah. Just it's just fucked. Makes me, it's makes just me fucked. Very, this is so fucked. Like, it just, Jesus fucking... It, I think there's also been some sort of, like, assertions that, oh, maybe it was, like, a rogue unit and whatever... Um, oh, but, oh, 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 thank fuck it's another rogue unit. Well, I was, I was getting a bit yeah. worried whether or not yeah, something this was, was just or a bad apple rogue. that had wandered off. Damn. Um, Hate know, to see it. But, <laughs> uh, Barr also said that the SDS operated with a remarkable lack of oversight, formal training, and instruction, but was not a rogue unit as it was funded by the Home Office and collaborated with MI5. <laughs> oh, well, then it's okay. Just normal things. I mean, this yeah. is but this is now we've just legalized this shit because now it's like with the Spy Corps bill, it's like if Suella Braverman says, "Yeah, I, I'm good with this," then it's fine. Mm-hmm. So, well, you mm-hmm. know, now it's just we're good. You know, now we don't need to worry our pretty little heads about it. Yeah, Starmel's also said he's cool with this shit. Because, mm. like, why why would you not want more cops? Labor loves cops. Labor does love cops, doesn't it? Mm. So. On that note, look, look, David, you can't prove to me that a cop today has ever done anything wrong. So <laughs> there's no point in even trying to argue that cops are bad. Well, I don't, I don't know, Alistair. I, I think there's a case we made for police reform. And for the main topic tonight, would you guys like to talk about police reform? Oh, I love the police <sighs> and reform. Let's talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> to if my yeah. Favorite if there's thing. one topic that this fucking podcast can't get enough of, it's talking about the fucking cops. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, strap in, Alistair, because, uh, you know, we, we turn now to a strange event that occurs at least once in a political generation. Because, uh, you know, just last week, warriors from across the Labour Party gathered to participate in a mysterious tournament, testing their might, proving their collective brutality, and putting forth a champion to fight against the evil hordes of the British realm. That's right, there's no escaping it.
Labor Crime Week. Yeah! That's right. We love production values, don't we, folks? We absolutely do. (laughs) 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 Now, you might think it's a bit incongruous to, like, slam Labour talking about the cops and crime into Mortal Kombat, but I assure you, Labour crime weeks are incredibly brutal and definitely result in fatalities. So tonight we're going to talk about the Labour Party's approach to crime and order, particularly because last week... Even under even under uh, uh, Jeremy Corbyn, they were promising ten thousand more bobbies on the beat. Ooh, Have I got ooh, to hear the term "bobbies on the beat" a lot? Because I love bobbies. Oh. Then they should be on the beat. Yeah, but James, I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's fair to rope Mortal Kombat into Crime Week because the people who put together some of those animations for some of the more modern Mortal Kombat games actually go home feeling bad about the work that they do, unlike the fucking pricks <laughs> in the Labour Party. This is all true. This is all true. But I, I assure you, the output is equally toxic. Um, and, you know, I've played ranked. So with that all said, um, if you want to understand the Labour Crime Week we just had, I honestly think we need to go back into the past. We need to return to to Labour Crime Weeks Tradition. of yore. Yeah. And so, <laughs> for, you know, we're going to return to tradition. Yeah, no, we are. Returning to Labova. So, uh, if you will forgive me. Round one. We're going to talk about Tony Blair. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, what's so, he done this time? Well, it's not so much Has what he won he's another done. election? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Most, most successful Labour leader, didn't you know? Um, no, so like I thought because of reasons that will become increasingly apparent as this episode goes on, I wanted to start by setting the scene. Especially because, honestly, in researching this, I learned things which I did not know about that Blair had got up to. Um, and so to this end, I'd like to, for the first part of this, I'd like to quote extensively from a book called Blair's Britain, from 1997 to, from two, to 2007 by Cambridge University Press. It's a, it's a pretty good book. It's written, each chapter is written by subject experts where we talk about a, just a review, an overview of how things went under Tony Blair. And specifically, I want to read to you sections of chapter 15, Crime and Penal Policy. So uh, if we're all strapped uh, in... Sorry, just just as this is a review, I assume they're going to like completely slate this and then give it a 9.5 out of 10. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see what you make of it because I particularly think the introduction is very useful because honestly, I didn't quite understand the context in which Blair came along, and this has just really solidified it. So, if you'll forgive me and feel free to pile in. Crime and crime control have been pivotal to the New Labour project from the outset. The Blair effect on crime policy began not in 1997, when Tony Blair became Prime Minister, nor with his 1994 election to the Labour Party leadership, but in 1992, when John Smith appointed him Shadow Home Secretary. And the significance of Blair's impact can only be appreciated in the long-term context of the post-Second World War politics of law and order. Now, this is like pretty fascinating because it says crime had not been a partisan political issue until the early 1970s, although specific aspects, notably capital punishment, were always controversial. The politicisation of law and order became marked during the late 1970s in a run-up to, you guessed it, Margaret Thatcher's 1979 general election victory. Her sharp attacks on Labour's alleged softness in relation to crime and disorder gained a huge electoral dividend. Opinion polls showed that no other policy put Labour so far behind the Conservatives. So like many things, this starts with Thatcher, right? 
Thatcher basically takes long hard look at it and goes, "Hey, we could like rile up everyone with crime and spreading well, a I sense mean, from, of lawlessness." From previous episodes that we've done, where things start with Thatcher, I can only assume that these things were good because everything else that we've ever looked at, as regards Margaret Thatcher, have been really positive and good for everybody. Have only led yeah. to good outcomes. Well, the interesting thing is Thatcher did this, it got her elected, but obviously Thatcher's premiership didn't end very well. And, you know, as it kind of got to the late 1980s, I'm reading now from the article again, um, hints emerged of a cooling of partisan conflict about crime as both parties sought to develop more pragmatic policies. Labour realised that some of their traditional approaches, such as commitment to strong civil libertarian stance and to addressing the deep causes of crime, were electoral liabilities despite their intrinsic merits. For their part, uh-huh. the conservative yeah, no, this is true. This is pre pre Blair. For their part, the conservatives, embarrassed by unprecedented increases in crime and disorder, we'll talk more about that in a minute. Explored more effective crime prevention policies rather than just ratcheting up police resources and punishment. So can, like, I, you know, can I take fat- a swift punt that that's that bit about the rapidly rising crime? Was it not go actually rising, but was it just the Daily Mail going hog wild? I'm, I'm a just little bit doing of anal- a wild punt here. It's a little bit of A and a little bit of B. Um, it might have had something to do with Thatcher's policies that got introduced. Yeah. <laughs> like that's and yes, also the papers, basically. Damn, but I we'll can't talk a- the part of being tough on the causes of crime is actually being not very tough at all on the causes of crime. Oh yeah. Um, but here's the thing. This pragmatic consensus was short lived. It ended in nineteen ninety-two as Tony Blair, newly appointed Shadow Home Secretary, began to capture the law and order issue from the Conservatives. And oh, Michael right. Howard... I've completely forgotten that he was home, Shadow Home Sec. Yep. And, like, yeah. Home, yep. all Home Why Secretaries are fash monsters. This is extremely Isildur cast it into the fire. Yes. <laughs> this is very much the story of Tony Blair. Like, Thatcher did this, it got her elected, and Tony took a long, hard look and went, well, I know that was a disaster and everyone's kind of stepping away from it and trying to, like, fix things, but what if we just didn't do that? What if instead I wield the one ring of the Home Office? Um so the key turning point came in 1992 to 1993 with Blair's pledge to be tough on crime, tough on the causes of crime. Ironically, this no, legendary soundbite... I saw that last week. It's a whole new thing. I saw that. Well, we will be getting to that. <laughs> Ironically, this legendary soundbite may have been borrowed from its original author, Gordon Brown. Um, <laughs> but whatever its provenance... Yeah, I know, right? Whatever its providence, it resonated with the national soul-searching about crime and moral decline following the tragic murder of Liverpool toddler James Bulger in February 1993. The Labour mm. Party capitalised off of that, just to, just to be crystal clear where this is going. Um, the beauty of the slogan was to hit all bases at once, balancing the populist desire for punitiveness with effective security against victimization. Its, ambig- its ambiguities allowed people to see what they wanted. Did tough on crime mean evidence-led crime prevention it worked, or harsh punishment of criminals? Was tough on the causes of crime a nod to the traditional social democratic idea that crime had deep social root causes? Not according to recent exchanges, recent in time this book was written, between Blair and David Cameron over gun crime. The Tory leader yeah, the causes a- of crime. The causes of crime are a misshapen brain palette, which uh, <laughs> requires you to be um, in prison for the rest of your life, or, or bludgeoned back into shape by the noble and caring police. Um, the Tory leader Cameron that this is talking about blamed a badly broken society, forgetting how much the damage was due to his predecessor Margaret Thatcher, who had denied that it was such a thing as society. So, yeah. Um, and then looking at that society, uh, grabbing a big hammer and saying, hmm, bet this will fix it. 
Yep. Tony Blair saw the problem as having very specific limited causes requiring policing solutions. But the ultimate political value of Blair's soundbite lay in its subtext, a double whammy of toughness locked into one short, sharp sentence, cutting at a stroke the accusation that Labour was soft and flabby on crime. Um, Blair's tough talk put the Conservatives on the defensive, inaugurating a new phase in the politics of law and order. Deep consensus about tough crime control, but fierce conflict about which party is tougher. It's all from Blair. Blair did it. Like, yeah. they, 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 Thatcher implemented it. It didn't go well. They all started to roll back. And then Tony Blair went, ah, fuck it. And then doubled down after that, you know, horrible crime where that poor little child died. To be died. fair, like, it was especially so, after the, um, like, in the latter Blair years, like the latter half, like the post-Iraq invasion years, where everybody was mad at him already anyway. And then it was just, it became more and more like no we're not gonna you know it became less and less about like sure start centers and helping people and you know doing mm. good things and more about saying well there are good decent people in society uh the middle classes specifically uh and some other people and those other people need to be repressed because if they're not then the whole of society will suffer essentially Pretty much. And like, you know, we, we will talk about exactly what policies have implemented. So, you know, we're going to play a little bit of bingo as we go through this tonight. Um, but yeah, so so basically like crime exploded as the impact of Thatcher was felt. And then after that, from, you know, 1997 to 2007, it's a bit ambiguous. And what's interesting is the conflicting narratives about whether it went up and down. And it's all down to different surveys, different recording methodologies and changes in recording policies for the police. Like it looks like it went up. But that's because they told the police to actually start recording crime. So it's all a bit... Eh. But what's more important is what did Tony actually do? So we're going to return now to this. Um, and this is the longest like, start of it, don't worry. During the 1970s and 80s, the parties were deeply polarised on matters of fundamental principle concerning crime and criminal justice. Labour embraced a species of Clintonian criminology. It's the economy, hey. stupid. <laughs> hey, what happened on the uh, Clinton with the uh, prison population? I, 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 I can't say... Uh, just I, I don't know, Rob. I, uh, it, it was whatever it was. It was good. It was in the shape of a triangle, which is a very solid shape. Probably, yes. Google sure, Clinton so. criminal to find out more. <laughs> <laughs> I hear, I hear he set up a foundation to tackle it as well. So Google Clinton Foundation while you're at it. Anyway. Um, crime was attributed primarily to economic deprivation and injustice. Tory policy was to toughen deterrence. New Labour sought to triangulate between these poles. Yeah, it's a very solid shape. That's what I was just talking about. Mm, yeah. Um, the 1997 Labour Manifesto made this plain. On crime, we believe in personal responsibility and in punishing crime, but also in tackling its underlying causes. So, tough on crime, Whatever they tough are. on the causes of crime. Different from the Labour approach of the past and the Tory policy of today. That's straight from their manifesto. By the time Enjoy the came, but also element. Yeah, that, right. You, you really get the fucking priorities laid out there. Yeah, right. Um, by the time Labour came to power in 1997, they had developed a raft of crime control policies, combining toughness with smart, evidence-led, joined-up, workable measures, and even some significant gestures towards old Labour attachment to civil liberties. Above all, the 1998 Human Rights Act kind of embodied this. Um, this was epitomised by the 1998 Crime Disorder Act, a quintessential third-way synthesis. And I'm, again, I'm quoting directly uh, from this article. The Axe Janus-faced tough smart policy combination was encapsulated in its restructuring of youth, in, of youth justice. Janus-faced, two-faced for anyone who doesn't know. 
systematic evidence-based attempts to address and prevent offending by early prediction of risks and appropriate remedies, coordinated by interagency local youth offending teams, and centrally by the Youth Justice Board. Alongside... There was a film about this, wasn't there? It's called Minority mm. Report, if I remember mm. right. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> Alongside this, however, we're Google Tony of... Blair Minority to find out. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> um... Alongside this, however, were a variety of new powers for the police and the courts to control youth crime and disorder, such as ASBOs, child curfew schemes, abolition of Dolly in Capacs. Now, what on earth is Dolly in Capacs? I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. Um, there used to be a presumption in British law that if you were between the ages of 10 and 14, you probably weren't capable of committing a crime because you didn't understand like right and wrong properly. You could understand what was naughty, but you didn't understand right and wrong. And before they could charge you as an adult, they had to prove that you knew what you were doing, that you understood the full moral implications of it. Labour got rid of that. Labour said, no, fuck that. We cool. can assume they know what they're doing between 10 and 14. So, yeah. wonderful. I only made reasoned um, decisions when I between the ages of 10 and 14. I invested wisely, listen, and that's why I have... If you... Exactly. If you're old enough to earn pocket money, then you're old enough to be a rational actor in the economy. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, and then finally, detention and training orders. The net result was an increase in the use of custodial penalties for young offenders. Surprise, surprise. And like, let's also, I, I don't know if you're going to come onto this later, James, but um, let's also remember the people who were actually having these aspects inflicted on them. Many mm. of them, like, either having mental health issues or, like, neurological developmental disorders things like this addiction all kinds of stuff that uh probably shouldn't be like tantamount to criminalized yeah Look, well alistair well, if you're 14 and you've developed substance problems you are a rational actor in the market and therefore you're responsible for your own actions mm -hmm. i'm a mm -hmm. rational actor in the in the in the economy and i've decided to support the heroin trade yeah <laughs> So yeah, no, they, they basically, they, they came to this new conclusion and um, Blatcherism, as it's literally described in the uh, article, oh. um, yeah, um, was epitomized ew, by the ew, new... That's the arrow, I, arrow, it's, I feel gross. I know, now. right? But if it's, um, this was epitomized by the deep, the new deep consensus about law and order, a fundamental acceptance of what can be called the crime control complex with some core elements. Now, this, the actual description of it in detail goes on for pages and pages. So I've just taken the headings because I think they tell the story. So here they are, the principles of the crime control complex. One, crime is public enemy number one. It's the biggest issue. It's the thing that comes before anything else, right? And uh, yeah, you know, that, that, I suppose if you look at our papers today, that checks out. Um, don't see any problems here. Let's not think about it. Two, individual, not social responsibility for crime. Cool. Three, foregrounding victims over offenders. Four, crime control. Yep, crime control actually works. It works. You can do crime control. Uh, oh, five. Cool. Yep. This thing, yeah, this thing I just made up, it's a hundred percent real, and also yeah. it's the only thing that exists. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It just, yeah, do not at me. Crime control works. That's one of the founding principles. You just have to be on board with. This is this is like uh, the forebear of these fucking nudge unit pricks, except like way, way worse. 
Well, um, speaking of nudges to Alice, it's funny you should say that. Five, high crime society is normalized. So this is an idea that essentially the idea that we live in a crime-ridden society is normalized by the papers and, and everything else. Everyone just accepts that crime is out of control and we live in a high crime society. And that's just mm -hmm. how it is. That's just that's the only possibility there is no alternative. That's just It's just human nature. It's just yeah. It, yeah um, people keep telling me there is no alternative, and I'm getting mm. kind of sick of hearing it. <laughs> well, why don't you? You should have just accepted your fate. The moment you accepted your first pocket money, you accepted your fate. I'm sorry, that's how it works. Six backing the bobbies always got to back the police. Always got to have their backs. You know. <sighs> Seven that you can do serious and organized crime control, that a huge part of this is getting on top of organized crime, right? It's not just petty crime, no. Organized crime is at the root of a lot of this. And I mean, again, like, uh, betraying their, like, the actual ideology under the, un underpinning all of this, because if you did want to cut the legs out from underneath uh, organized crime, you would just decriminalize all drugs. Well, and, Alistair... Uh, that is... That is uh, literally impossible to do in this country because nothing good can ever happen. Well, Alistair, quite the opposite, in fact, because the last and final tent of this uh, eight is new times, new crimes. You must continually create <laughs> new crimes. <laughs> You've got to criminalize more, right? So, uh, so the reason, you know... Yeah, I know, right? You're laughing. But here's the thing. Those eight principles oh. that I've just read out to you, please, like, they're, they're Chekhov's gun number one. Keep them in your brain and just, like, the roll with them. The like... early access roadmap for crime. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's... It, 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 these principles... Buying crime JPEGs. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, don't worry, Crime JPEGs will feature in this episode and for our patrons. Oh, so excellent. Um, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. So, uh, so yeah, no, like a significant portion of policy was also concerned with this idea that forms of crime had been culturally normalised, and this needed to be thought of the root. You know, um, oh, like white collar crime. <laughs> no, no, Alistair. Oh, um, okay. So tax uh, evasion. Yeah. No? Mm, no, no, not that either. Uh, um, New um, Labour's most substantial policy mm. developments in this regard are what have become known as antisocial behaviour and respect agendas. Respect is capitalised. From his earliest days as Shadow Home Secretary, Blair appeared convinced that tackling incivilities as well as crime should be a core <laughs> government responsibility. Yeah, Much if, uh, if, you're, if you're under the age of 18 and you're wearing a hoodie in a public place, you should, be ha you should have your head blown off by a 50 calibre gun. Mm -hmm. Well, not wrong, because he was much influenced by James Q. Wilson and George Kelling's broken windows arguments. Um, oh, great. Oh, I love it when those guys come back. Yep. In 1997, <laughs> in response to a question about his view of zero tolerance by the editor of a big issue, Blair said, It's important that you blood, say we don't blood tolerate... Blood, blood, God. <laughs> Nothing you say can be worse than what I'm about to read you. Okay. Cool. Oh my accepted. God, Tony Blair says the N-word. <laughs> it is important that you say we don't tolerate the small crimes it says you don't tolerate the graffiti on the wall obviously some people will interpret this in a way which is harsh and unpleasant but i think the basic principle is here to say yes it is right to be intolerant of people homeless on the streets Ooh, he said that okay. to the big issue he said that to the big hell. issue did, did he follow that up and that's because we have a moral duty in this did, uh, fucking no. insanely rich society that we can did just... He, 
you know, no. house people. Did he did propose he... a? Uh, yeah, did he propose some kind of solution to the the homeless the homeless people question? I mean, he and might follow have up question: of... Was it temporal or was it? Would you say more final? <laughs> Yeah, I was about to say, I'm sure he thought of some kind of ultimate solution, but I don't think he ever implemented it. Um, so, coming back to it, it was New Labour's initial flagship law and order legislation, the 1998 Crime Disorder Act, which introduced ASBOs. Their reach has substantially... Do you think this, this entire like drive against incivility comes from the fact that like some kids on the night bus called them a square once or something like that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, good on them if they did. Called a clean shot in 1991 and never recovered. Yeah, Tony Blair's Scottish, isn't he? So he would have known about we- the wee bam problem. Yeah, that's it. Someone said he mm-hmm. had nice hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, excellent. Um, so uh, their reach has been substantially extended by the Criminal Justice and Police Act 2001, the Police Reform Act 2002, and crucially by the Anti-Social Behaviour Act of 2003, adding substantially to the powers available to the courts, the police and local authorities. Listener, it has only increased since. The establishment of an Anti-Social Behaviour Unit and a Respect Task Force under the direction of the outspoken Louise Casey, previously the government's... Respect Task Force. (laughs) The being nice to me task force. Is is that task force the one that uh, uh, is is tasked to find out what it means to me, or...? Hmm. No, they they kick fuck out your door, burst in, and ask, where is your fucking poppy? No, no doors being kicked in, David. Genuinely no doors being kicked in. Sorry, windows being smashed then. No, not even your windows, um, because under the direction of the outspoken Louise Casey, previously the government's homelessness czar, uh, czar. Um, and oh, this ensured it. that the issue oh, became. Oh, that's good. I love it when my homeless yeah. czars are, are are about it. Sure. So it's more. To be ki- fair, czars kicking... should be homeless. Mm. Well, it's more kicking down your <laughs> no, tent. They should, to be honest, should have one house and it should have a special purpose, David. <laughs> Quite a roomy basement. Um, so anyway, ins- this uh, ensured the issue became and remained a high-profile one. In a short period, ASBO became part of everyday vocabulary. Government priority has clearly been to increase the use of such measures. In a speech to anti-social behaviour coordinators in 2004, Blair said, The challenge I gave you last year was to make sure you used your legal powers. You have risen to the challenge in a hugely impressive way, and I want to thank you all. So... Um, it's fair, like you know. In contrast, you remember labor- that um, that fucking speech the daft cunt gave, where he said like people like like hooligans would be far less likely to be yobbish if they thought a policeman might march them to a cash point and demand they pay a fine on the spot. Yes, <laughs> yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, <laughs> horrible prick. But you know, despite despite Tony being being a horrible prick, you might you might be thinking, well, was Labour all bad? Um, and you know, yes. so. Yeah, I mean it was, but they did pay lip All right, service. Let's move to on. Ta- <laughs> well, yeah. no, no, sure hold start on. was fucking shit, mate. Jam it well, up the pipe. Yes, right, exactly. Um, the actual article. My <laughs> God, about is sure that start- David Blunkett's music? <laughs> <laughs> Um, the article itself does actually go in to talk about your start and all the rest of it and do a well was it any good and the answer we come to is basically no um, Labour did pay lip service to tackling the causes of crime with community initiatives but I'm going back to the article to finish the overwhelming message from government on law and order has remained that tough crime fighting policies are key 
In its concern to jettison old Labour's tendency to define deviance down, i.e. like make it less criminal and less disgusting and less like, you know, people are allowed to be different, basically. Um, new Labour has swung inexorably in the other direction, redefining social ills as problems of crime and social order and extending the reach of criminal justice system into ever greater parts of community and family life. And uh, that that is the, the story of Tony Blair and how we got started basically down this path because Thatcher dropped it, he picked it up and we've not been done since. I'm gonna share something with you. Um, I'm gonna give you a little, a little thing in the chat here. Um, here is an old little announcement um, showing government unveils respect zones to combat antisocial behavior order. And it's got a nice little picture of some youths in hoodies on bikes. Oh, they, they, with it, they right? are these the ones Menacingly who- eating chips. Are these Eating the ones we finally flurry. got rid of with the uh, with the mosquito uh, guns or the mosquito noise emitters? Ah, uh, we we might have got we might have got rid of them. We might got rid of them. Consider this Chekhov's photograph, by the way. Just like hold on to that one, right? Isn't this um, the same photograph that still gets used today every yes. time the papers talk about antisocial behavior? Oh, yes. Couldn't say my my ability to see the future is clouded at present. Um, but yeah, so that, that was Tony Blair. He kind of laid it in, right? So when well, I'm people, people going like, oh, but why have they got their hoods up? It's like maybe because some fucking wank has taken photos of them. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. Um, so that, that was round one, Tony Blair. And we're now going to take a whistle stop tour to the other Labour leaders leading up to Keir Starmer and specifically the election uh, manifestos. So round two. We go into Ed Miller, <laughs> uh, excuse me, we go into Gordon Brown in 2010. Um, so I, I spent today reading through the fucking Labour manifestos of yore. And uh, again, I want you to play a game here. I want you to play bingo. And every time I say something I, that you I, recognize... I would like you to compliment you at this point for having the same sort of brain disease that I have. And I like it a lot. Oh, oh I'm about to make your brain incredibly more diseased, Rob and dear listener. So, uh, My but yeah, brain but, is smoothing out as we speak. So yeah, stop me if you've heard these before. So 2010 Labour Manifesto, in it, they've got a chapter on, I shit you not, crime and immigration. Because those are good things to put together, right? Sure. Mm -hmm. Two great tastes that go well together. So mm -hmm. I'm just going to start reading this because it's not too, super long. Um, so they, they commit to reduce the fear of crime by protecting frontline policing while making the police reduce more respond. Reduce the fear of crime. By making the yeah, police we're going, more we're going to we're going to meddle with this nebulous sensation that isn't <laughs> yeah, but... really measurable. Are they going to increase the crime of fear? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that makes the people being apprehended by Batman like permanently always guilty, essentially. <laughs> so, um, by protecting frontline policing while making the police more responsive and accountable and taking faster action on anti-social behaviour. The Tories talk tough, but vote soft on issues from gun crime to DNA retention. Um, would cut oh, police and PCSO numbers. The, the times where uh, they were trying to make sure that like, they could keep DNA from like migrants forever, and then the European Court of Justice made them like t tone it down to 42 days, and they were mm -hmm. super mad mm -hmm. about it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they also, the same thing where the, the police should be able to hold you without charge for six months or some bullshit? Wasn't that something mm -hmm. they tried at one that point? Was the, it was the 42-day legislation, yeah. Yeah, this was yeah. the thing where the five minutes where David Davis was not a five-star solid cunt. Well, um, so, you know, we go on to say, and the, the Tories favour political police chiefs over real reform. 
we will control immigration with our new Australian style points based system. Hey, Unlike oh, the arbitrary baby. Tory. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, and bear in mind, this is the check. Crime and immigration all jammed together. Um, what else will they do? Provide the funding to maintain police and PCSO numbers with neighbourhood police teams in every area. Spending PCSO eight- numbers, fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> spending 80% of their time on the beat, invisible in their neighbourhood. Can I Can I ask a question? Is a, is a PCSO, like, that's just, like, the plastic worst policy. version of a cop, right? Like the, uh, yeah, the, it's um, it's a, it's a volunteer some dickhead cop. Some high viz, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they don't tend to get far. If they do get paid, I think they get remunerated rather than paid for it. Yep. Yeah. Volunteer They're cops. not real police. You shouldn't respect them. No. no. Okay, cool. The only, the only good sketch that came out of Mitchell and Webb, frankly. Um, <laughs> improve police performance through online police report cards and ensure failing forces are taken over police by report. the best. <laughs> police report cards. <laughs> Incredible behaviour. <laughs> Intervene early. Simpson in a helmet shape like a tit trying to like forge his police report card on the bus. <laughs> um, intervene earlier to prevent crime with no-nonsense action to tackle the problems caused by 50,000 dysfunctional families. <laughs> <laughs> what yep, is that's the just a qualifying this. metric there? Yep. Um, what, guarantee- define that, please. It, no, it's it's my family because I didn't open the kitchen curtains at all today. Yeah, my house should be bombed from the air. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm I'm serious. This is just this is a whole sentence bullet point with no elaboration in the manifesto. Intervene earlier to prevent crime with no nonsense action to tackle the problems caused by fifty thousand dysfunctional families. Ta-da! Like that's it. Um, okay, yeah. Guarant- it's that whole it's that whole Americans should be more like the Waltons bullshit, isn't it? Mm, Just yeah. like you know, uh, it's, the serial number filed you. off. Mm. Yeah. Um, guarantee fast and effective action to deal with antisocial behaviour, including a right to legal injunctions for repeat victims, funded by the police <laughs> or council who let them down. <laughs> what? <laughs> Crime Gaviscon. Yep. <laughs> Fast and effective action. <laughs> oh man, could, it's the fucking ad for, for Gaviscon, but instead of the firefighters, it's the fucking cops firing bullets of uh tear gas. If you uh, if you think that one was good, you ain't heard nothing yet. Expand tough community payback for criminals who don't go to prison, giving everyone the right to vote on the work they do. Put them in the stocks, throw tomatoes at them. And actually, I mean, you know what, I know this do you know what, is... Do you, know what would make the, do you know what would make this policy good? Is if, like, you know, someone mugs you, they have to do your job for six months. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, control immigration through our Australian-style points-based system, ensuring that as growth returns... Huh. Oh, that's an interesting phrase. As growth returns, uh, we see rising levels of employment and wages, not rising immigration, and requiring newcomers to earn citizenship and the entitlements it brings. Hey, that uh, sounds a lot like pol- Tory policy. Yeah, Gordon Brown, everyone. Um, imagine though, imagine if you, if you fucking like you you emigrated over here, and you had to like prove, you know, you had to earn your citizenship. And then you're on the bus next to some fucking dipshit like me who's like never fucking earned anything and never done a day's work in his life and hates the fucking country and gets to live here forever. <laughs> Must be fucking sick, you know? 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just like hold fucking the British people up as an as an example, like a, a method of curbing immigration. Just show everyone you really want to come and live with these pricks. <laughs> well, on the I look forward pricks, to going to to the UK the next time and like landing at an airport and then just like pictures of you, Jamie, everywhere. Just like, hey, migrant, do you want to live next to this cunt? Don't think so. Go away. <laughs> But it, okay, so that that was that was Gordon Brown in 2010. So obviously he didn't win, and thus David Cameron came in. Um, so they got rid of Gordon, replaced him with Ed Miliband. Right? I'm not counting the interim leaders because he didn't do anything. So Ed Miliband, 2015 election. I, uh, went to- I think you'll find they abstained on like fucking welfare. Wow. Yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. In 2015, they had a manifesto, and this time the chapter's a little bit subtler. I remember that. It was the Flintstones manifesto, wasn't it? It was. <laughs> well done. Um, the manifesto chapter is called, We Will Help Our Families and Communities to Thrive. That's the crime section. I love the way, I love the way you said, well done there as well. Like, I deserve a biscuit. <laughs> I feel like you do. Like, that's, that's impressive, Frank. Who's a good boy? Um, Who's a good Jim? <laughs> hey, Who's a good Jim? Um, anyway, so like, yeah, I think it's noteworthy in this manifesto that the first mention of crime specifically, rather than just like in like, you know, an index or anything, occurs in the immigration section, uh, which comes before the policing section. So priorities, right? Um, but then you actually get to the criminal section and it's Ed Miliband. It's kind of labor. He's it's red Ed. So we can expect some improvements. Um, and, you know, it starts off like this. Uh, we will protect. Yeah, we will protect. <laughs> I am the Batman. <laughs> you got to do it with a nasally voice, though. <laughs> am I am I Batman enough? <laughs> <laughs> Hell yes, I'm Namtab enough. <laughs> okay. Um, so we will protect neighbourhood policing. By making different choices to abolish police and crime commissioners, end the subsidy of firearms licenses, and mandate police forces to work closer together, we will be able to safeguard over 10,000 police officers for the next three generations. Safe? Wait, hey, are they like an endangered species? Is it like pandas? Do we have to, like, put them in a cage and let them very fuck very slowly? Yeah, cor- corral them into special reservations. I mean, I'm not opposed to putting police people in a cage, mind, but still. Mm. This will be backed up by a new statutory local policing commitment guaranteeing neighbourhood policing in every community. We will strengthen community safety partnerships. Oh, love it here. Partnerships. Love it. Uh, To give local people a role in setting priorities for neighbourhood policing and a say over the appointment of local police commanders. To raise standards within policing, and actually I don't hate this one, to raise standards within policing, all police officers will be required to become chartered officers, holding a registration with the College of Policing, (laughs) and able to be struck off for serious misconduct, just as doctors and lawyers can be. A new police uh, standards authority... Are chartered officers allowed to take prizes on the high seas? Um, a new police standards authority will replace the discredited independent police complaints commission. Hmm. And we will work with the police to improve ethnic minority recruitment so the police better reflect the communities they serve. So that's like, you know, all said and done, that's pretty humdrum so far. And I, I was reading through this going, where's the Spice Man? Uh, but oh boy, was it there. 
the next he's part currently of the failing to be selected for various constituencies. <laughs> last I heard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the next part of Labour's plan is preventing crime occurring in the first place. We're into minority report. We will nip antisocial behaviour in the bud by making offenders put right the wrong they have done with payback orders replacing low-level cautions, and we will ensure How does staff. That stop? How does that stop crime before it starts? Mm. Alistair, how don't think about it. How do you stop something from happening after it's already happened? Alistair, if you've received pocket money, you can pay people back for the crimes you've caused, and therefore we should be able to throw you in prison. Alistair, I feel like you're developing a grasp of linear time, and you should really stop that, citizen. That can lead uh, yeah, into I need bad to think places. more about the time cube. Mm. <laughs> and, and we will ensure staff who work with the public are given greater protection with tougher penalties for those who assault them. The last Labour government's reforms of youth justice, which required agencies to collaborate in preventing youth offending, reduced both youth crime and the numbers of young people in prison. Asterisk, sort of, it's complicated, depends on the statistics you read for the first part. The next Labour government will extend this model, piloting a new approach to 18 to 20 year old offenders, incentivising local authorities, police and probation services to work together to identify those at risk of drifting into criminal activity and, where possible, divert them into a more constructive way of life. And we will work to embed restorative justice right across the youth justice system. So yeah, if you're 18 to 20, they'll try and figure out whether they think you're going to do a crime and then put you on some kind of work programme. Anyway, hey, they, the mad bastards only went and did it. Why? Why does linear time not apply to these people? Like, there is no, there is no way of thinking here that doesn't result in the fact that these people have no concept of it. Well, Look, David, they, they preempted the data, the AI databases filled <laughs> with black kids in London by several years. So, if anything, they're ahead of the curve. Mm. Fucking getting a think tank for the Bajoran wormhole to fucking write your manifesto. <laughs> well, fuck it. it is corporeal. I, I, I understand that if you take enough drugs, time becomes a little bit fluid. Um, and so does the Labour Party, because they continue, we know oh. drug addiction continues to be a major cause of crime. We will ensure drug Despite treatment services. Despite what we told David not to go and research when we had him employed <laughs> yeah. by the government. Yeah. <laughs> we will ensure drug treatment services focus on the root causes of addiction with proper integration between health, police, and local authorities what's, in the commissioning of Alistair, treatment. Was David not Hello? the one who was in charge of, like, the drug and health panel, and then I can't mm -hmm. remember which fucking Home Secretary it was, but it was a Labour one, and he was forced to apologise for saying something that was true, that, like, more people yeah. die from falling yeah, off their the, horse the than they do from, um, like, taking yeah. ecstasy. The mistake they made was to ask someone to actually take the question of how dangerous are drugs seriously. Yeah. Because it came ah, back with a bunch stupid, of extremely yeah. unsavoury results for, um, like, an authoritarian government of any stripe. Yep. Uh, but good news, Alistair. And we will ban the sale and distribution of dangerous psychoactive substances, so-called legal highs. Do you remember when you, you know tried to accidentally... Of, do you know what a really good way of stopping people from taking legal highs is? Make all the highs legal. Well... <laughs> the ones that work. Do you remember when they wrote legislation and accidentally banned caffeine? Um, I remember that. Anyway. Yeah, remember it's, when they tried really, to ban is, numbers? Yeah, mm. like, it's so fun to see... Governments that are ostensibly meant to govern the entirety of like society and coming up against basic things like chemistry, computer science, mathematics, and just going, yeah, I don't understand it, but it's not possible anymore. And you go, oh well, you've just you've just banned an entire branch of science. So well done. 
Um, mm. It was uh, Alan Johnson, by the way, who was in charge of the whole. Of course, it was oh, Alan yes. Johnson, uh, the yeah. Pharaoh himself. The f- so to to rattle through um, the he last two paragraphs. Did you know that Alan Johnson was a postman? Did you know? Did you know that Alan Johnson was a postman? Did you know that that he was a postman? Sorry, carry on. I just wanted you to know that he was a postman. Is he also from Birmingham by any chance? He is. He is northern. He lives in. A, he, I think his house is worth like two and a half million quid or something. <laughs> but he's very northern. Bibality. We will bring in tough new powers, enabling the police to prevent an adult from contacting or communicating with a child if there is evidence of abuse, and strengthen the vetting and barring regime. A new child protection unit will be established to work across government, driving progress in the prevention of child abuse and sexual exploitation. So we just had to throw, like, you know, a bone to the non-swanderers in there. And then finally, we need prisons that both punish and rehabilitate people. Label will do more to, I love that, to both punish and rehabilitate. The punishment is crucial. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Label will do more to increase the amount of time prisoners spend working and learning. Prisons will be measured by how successful they are in reforming prisoners and reducing their reoffending. We will also raise professional standards among prison officers, including through the creation of chartered prison officers, and confront the neglected problem of staff corruption. So, chartered screws. Love it. Um, so, yeah, so that's, that's your man Miliband's approach to crime and punishment, essentially. Uh, all went well, right? That sounds positive. So, yeah, I like him. Yeah, but um, unfortunately, he didn't win. And oh, then uh, raspberries. a bunch of maneuvers that started somewhere in Falkirk happened, and we end up with Jeremy Corbyn, right? Um, Never heard and, of him. Yeah, I know. It's, it's a little niche figure. Didn't really when make did much this come impact. In? Uh, 2017, actually. I'm going to read from a 2017 manifesto. Now, here's the thing. I want you to stop me when you get deja vu, right? We will support the police in the performance of their stop. duties. we will provide officers police community support officers and civilian staff with the equipment and people they need to provide effective Uh, policing services including from growing the threat of cybercrime excuse me including from the growing threat of cybercrime we will work with them to ensure yeah we will work with them to ensure that our communities are safer for all of us we will champion community policing policies and incentivize good policing practice, working with police and crime commissioners throughout the country on strategies to prevent crime. We will also work to eliminate institutional biases against BAME communities that mean you are still far more likely to be stopped and searched as a black or Asian man. Labour will recruit 10,000 more police officers to work Yay! on community beats. More cops bangs on desk. I'm, push- I'm pushing my buzzer right now. <laughs> Equivalent to at least one more for every neighbourhood in the country. We will ensure appropriate support is provided to victims of crime and introduce legislation for minimum standard entitlements to service from criminal right, justice I get, I agencies. Mean, uh, famously, I don't live in the UK, so can I just ask you, you, you guys, uh, do you actually, is there such a thing as a local police officer in your neighbourhood? No. And do you know the no, cop's no. name? No. Oh. No, there's not. <clears throat> but closest thing if you, we if ever, you ever was... watch if you ever watch like Dixon of Doc Green, there was. <laughs> and we need to return... <laughs> Did he whistle while closest he, uh, thing we he had turned was his a, truncheon? The closest yeah. thing we had was an actual police station in like the town centre, but that got closed down in like 2005. So like, yes. I'm sure it was going well. Yep, that, that's pretty much it. So that was that was a 2017 Labour manifesto, notably like less offensive than some of the previous ones. But when it comes to Jeremy Corbyn, ultimately playing all the hits. Yeah, all you can say is, is as well. If you want a, <clears throat> you want like just one reason why you never see fucking police on the beat as it was. Didn't Blair like say they were allowed to? The police were allowed to keep 
uh, speeding fines. And then overnight, like, all police work was entirely based around, like, catching drivers. I don't know the specifics of that, being totally honest with you. Because um, they, they even had, like, up here, they had a bit on the a stretch of the A1. It was one of the few stretches of the A1 that was actually three lanes. Mm-hmm. Um, and they put they made it, like, the fucking... I can't remember exactly where it was, but it was, like, the such-and-such, such like, speed safety zone. And they lowered this, like, three-lane motorway. They lowered the fucking speed limit to 50 and mm. put speed cameras, like, all the way down it. Mm. And it caught, like, obviously caught, like, fucking hundreds of people like every fucking month because like who the fuck's driving down a three lane motorway at 50 miles an hour <laughs> but i think the, like in the end they got taken to court and had to like take it all down because you know what i mean but it, it obviously made it raked in fucking money for the cops which they can then spend on i don't know like donuts and like hate crime whatever <laughs> it is the police are into efficient policing i think is what you call it jamie <laughs> But anyway, so that, that was the Corbyn 2017 manifesto. I think all that can be said is that when it came to the police, ultimately Corbyn chose friendship. So mm-hmm. in 2019, though, he got another crack at it, right? So you're thinking, okay, maybe he got it right this time. So uh, in 2017, it was called Safer Communities. In 2019, they went with a much simpler police and security. Okay, straight to the point. Safer Communities. Uh, yeah, so we're coming to the end of the second part. Um, a Labour government will invest in policing to prevent crime and make our communities safer, and we will enforce the laws protecting police and other emergency workers from violent oh. assault. Fuck. Friendship. Friendship <laughs> again. So, um, we will rebuild the whole police workforce, recruiting more police officers, police community support officers, and police staff. We will re-establish neighbourhood policing. There you go, Rob. Oh, from <laughs> recruit two heavens for- to fucking Betsy. <laughs> Not again. Oh, 20 like, years. Like- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think I was thinking this to myself at the time if I didn't say it outright. It's like, who is this for? <laughs> um, we will uh, and recruit 2,000 more frontline officers than have been planned for by the Conservatives. <laughs> Wherever they're oh, planning, yeah. we'll recruit 2,000 more. We will work with police forces to invest in a modern workforce to tackle the rise in violent crime and cybercrime under the Tories. To deliver these priorities, yeah, Labour will yeah, work with yeah, the police. Yeah. Cybercrime. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Cybercrime. <laughs> Labour will work with police and crime commissioners to reform police funding and share new resources fairly and to ensure that local needs are met. We will, retra- we will retain local democratic accountability for police forces and reform the police funding formula to ensure sufficient, sustainable resources are fairly allocated. We will agree resources with the police authorities to combat crime and restore community policing by consent. Restore oh, community yes, policing give me by that consent. Carbon neutral policing. Mm. <laughs> love, the, police... love the circular policing economy if yeah. it's good enough for the american army and military then it's good enough <laughs> for the british police force <laughs> effective police work requires the police to serve their communities and work collaboratively with youth workers mental health services schools drug and rehabilitation programs and other public agencies everybody police... they also have to work with batman they have to work with the flash yep. they have to work with yeah i don't know some other fucking <laughs> prick a police force working within our communities with the capacity to gather local intelligence is also the front line of our domestic security, the first eyes and ears of effective counter-terrorism. <laughs> 
2019, remember? So PC um, Jobsworth we... is like not only whistling and waving his truncheon around in a happy manner and rescuing cats out of trees. He's also the first line of defense against organized terrorisms. Just yeah, he's just reporting so I on understand this. Yeah. All right. Um, no, that's good. We will work. Uh, no, no further yeah, questions, yeah, Your Honor. Yeah. We will work to eliminate institutional biases against BAME communities. Proportionate stop and search based on intelligence is a needed tool of effective policing, but the use of expanded powers means black and Asian men are still more likely to be stopped and searched, poisoning relations between the police and all communities they serve. So then it's not saying they'll get rid of stop and search. It's just, you know, it's a... Um, we will ensure better police training on domestic abuse and offences rising from coercive control, as well as historical abuses and other crimes neglected by reduced forces operating under Tory austerity. This Our is Labour... real polishing a turd vibes, isn't mm. it? Our Labour government will establish a royal commission to develop a public health approach to substance misuse, focusing on harm reduction rather than criminalisation. And finally, that old chestnut from last time, we will introduce minimum legal standards of service for all victims of crime. And that's it. That was their second attempt to get it right. I feel really which is good also that, this, like, this is, that, that there's really substantive change. I do remember Dying Abbott doing that like 10,000 more cops thing uh, in 2019, just thinking, Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. I mean, this is the thing. What, what, I, what I wanted to show you there is we start with Blair and then even up to and under Corbyn, this shit is still there, right? So when we come into, as we're now about to, uh, discussing crime week 2023 uh you know crime. this stuff has pedigree <laughs> crime so, week 2023 it, jesus wept i mean honestly yeah. like so it's time for round three where we talk about what labor's been up to under kia starmer so um there's a lot to talk about here and i started just as last time by cracking open the labor manifesto because they have a manifesto up right um for britain 2030 and um, I'm, just gonna, really? I'm just going to give you... Do they yeah, have, they do, have they they... actually... How the hell did yeah, I miss this together. bright jewel in my crown? Yeah, Britain in 2030. Stronger together, a better future for Britain. It's there. It's good. It's great. So... <laughs> Pavlov, is that you? <laughs> um, so, um, I'm not going to read this whole fucking page, but I am just going to read like fun. the high... I'm just going to put the, uh, the the little summary. It says, a stronger future for safe and secure communities. We want a country where people feel happy, safe, and part of a close-knit community with low levels of crime and proper support for victims. With a stronger future for our communities, by 2030, we can deliver safer streets and equip our police to tackle new crimes. Put victims at the heart of the criminal justice system. Bring politics <laughs> and power closer to people. What? But we have the police commissioners and nobody gives When the fuck did Hector Salamanca get here anyway? <laughs> he's, he's desperately trying to detonate the bomb to get away from this. But like, honestly, we have these... Does anybody remember that we have crime and police commissioners that, that are like civilian oversight to the, you know, immoral crew of fucking rapists that, that, that wander our streets? I, I do, but only because Keir Starmer will never get charged with that bill. Mm. <laughs> and wouldn't you know, under this section, right, they continue, because remember, this is about communities and security. They say, revive our high streets and <gasps> connect our communities. Because 
tamping down on crime is just the thing to revive our high streets because the reason they're all you know basically struggling is because of hoodies and you know and asbo will fix that right <laughs> So that's uh, that, that's where their manifesto is currently saying. I'm not reading the rest of it. It's literally death. waffle. Oh well. See, you say that, but that's just that's like the palette. You know, the little introduction, the sorbet to like clear your palette before we get into. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, because there are the little things. So, so article from the Guardian last week: Labour to promise more neighbourhood police officers. Like Catherine Kaywood. Oh, yep. Um, is that? I have. I seriously yes. haven't watched this. Yep. But this is the Happy Valley thing, right? Yes, it is. Labour will pledge to restore thousands of community office officers, such as Happy Valley's Catherine Kaywood, saying oh, the local knowledge to tackle antisocial behaviour, violence against women, and gang culture has been lost under the Tories. If you if you're if you're an MP, you should just not be allowed to watch TV. Citing the, citing the BBC character as an inspiration, Yvette Cooper will say the Conservatives have walked away from community policing and oh. taken a laissez-faire approach to vetting and police recruitment. Yeah, <laughs> they should have some like uh, community traffic wardens based on, I don't know, fucking Wizbit or something. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's Yvette, Yvette Cooper's like out the gate strong saying, hey, you know that TV character you quite liked? Well, let's make more of her. Um, but that's you know okay. Well, that's that's more cops on the beat. No, fine, right? That's a ding. But no, it's not fine. Um, family shit. courts, family courts run by Sooty. <laughs> <laughs> well, stay stay tuned on that. So, what's their next policy? Uh, I'm I'm so I will not stay tuned for family courts run by Sooty. <laughs> I refuse. <laughs> oh, you've got no choice, Rob. Um, so this was in the mirror last week. Exclusive. Drug Just dealing smash an absolute fuck out of the gavel for laughs, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, this was in the mirror last week. Exclusive drug dealing hotspots to be flooded with police officers as Labour gets tough on crime. What flooded? Are they gonna? Are they gonna fucking liquefy police officers? Are they? I can get behind that. <laughs> Inshallah. <laughs> Brutality. Oh well, it just it just make me think of those uh, that that guy who um, in America who was being like chased by a bunch of cops and he just yelled that he had um, fucking what's it fentanyl. called the um, fentanyl. fentanyl yeah fentanyl on him and they all start panicking and running away <laughs> throwing <laughs> fucking fentanyl <laughs> throwing pocket fentanyl, fentanyl. At pocket sandwich <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I really, I, um, I'm really enjoying the idea at the moment of like you being like, I don't know, a low level drug dealer or something. It's like trying to get by and all of a sudden like the earth underneath you starts rumbling and you look up and it's like a literal tidal wave of police blood and guts <laughs> running towards you and it's got like a little hat on and it says stop criminal. <laughs> Labour will introduce data-driven hotspot policing targeted at common drug dealing sites to tackle gangs who are blighting communities. Ah, so I was right. Yeah. PC Wi-Fi. Yeah, PC <laughs> Wi-Fi is on the case. Labour, Labour to encourage police to tell uh, suspects to stop criminal scum. It's like fucking Space Marine drop pods coming down on a corner because they saw a youth there with their hood up. It's, a, yeah, it's yet, another, yet another space for um, Ed 209 to finally that, that, get the yeah. grips. A wee PFI agreement between the Met and Linksys or something, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, 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 okay, so that's, that's all right, so far, it's a bit funny, but nothing particularly out there, but um, how about a classic? The Telegraph last week, 
Labour will reintroduce tougher ASBOs with powers to make arrests. Yvette Cooper says new respect orders will punish antisocial uh, behaviour. Find out what I it means to you, Cooper, so much. I hate her so much. Yvette Cooper says new respect orders will punish antisocial behaviour as she accuses Tory party of turning their backs on communities. So, yeah, Asbos, they're going to bring Asbos back. I am going to turn my back stronger. on the community. If you get hit by a respect order, you have to stay within a respect zone until you've accumulated enough respect <laughs> points to free yourself from the respect zone where you yeah. will then be able to report to your local respect officer to prove that you are respectful <laughs> enough to leave the respect zone. So, uh, speaking of respect... Um, I think I think I hear the sound of Chekhov's gun going off because if you now look in the channel, look what image was used to illustrate this. Yes. Hey, it's those guys! Well, but yeah, they I must did. have grown up. I did now. say that earlier, didn't I? Yeah, you mm -hmm. did. You did. You called it, Jamie, correctly. Literally pulling the same image from back in two thousand and seven. James, those three kids are still at large. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Never been caught. Never been tracked down. So, uh, so yeah, well, tougher as We see that McFlurry okay. remains frozen to this day. Mm. <laughs> but, uh, at, you know... Well, fentanyl. <laughs> <laughs> so let's take a moment and just uh, enjoy the silence to centre ourselves. Guy and... at McDonald's asks him what toppings he wants, and he wants the crushed hopes and dreams of a nation. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Tony Blair goes in there, to be honest. Um... But yeah, so like, let's take a moment to centre ourselves, enjoy the silence, and let's all rise for Magistrate City, because Labour plans community courts to punish antisocial offenders. Community yes. courts. You I, I like yes. how, just have, just have the fucking courage to call them kangaroo courts. Oh, well, is it going to be like Asbos, where they're just completely separate from the criminal justice system, so you don't need evidence or like anything like that? Yeah, it's an Asbo, but Mavis can give you one. Mm. Well, here's the thing. Uh, there's an article here, and I'm actually going to read from part of it, because this is something. Teachers and sports coaches would sit on new community sports courts coaches. to decide how antisocial <laughs> to decide how antisocial behaviour is punished <laughs> under proposals being considered by the Labour Party. Teachers and sports, sports coaches. coaches. I, I really want to understand the fucking reason in there. It's so good. It's so good that this titanic intellect that we were told for four or so years that was being held back on the back benches has finally been unleashed, and they've managed to do. Just the same shit that we've been doing for like twenty years. But Send Alistair, to me for sports coaches. Oh, but, but Alistair, 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 they will decide types and lengths of community sentences, including forcing antisocial offenders to clear up litter and vandalism as part of new cleanup squads. Oh fucking me! I hope, I hope Femi is really happy with that. Someone... His girl Yvette Cooper is back in front of politics like was yeah, someone cool. in a focus group where one person was watching like fucking judge dread on their phone and another was watching <laughs> ted lasso and they just like got an eye, like, a light bulb went off. <laughs> judge lasso new measures would what be if we gave p teachers lawgiver guns and a really <laughs> wide motorcycle what's the worst that could possibly happen <laughs> Uh, me sitting on the bench foaming at the mouth with a big finger on that says death to crims screaming coach send me in send me in <laughs> mm. 
New measures would be introduced to target fly tipping, with offenders tasked with clearing up dumped, lipper, uh, dumped litter while also being hit with fixed penalty cleaning notices. Um, and yeah, like, you know, it goes on and it goes on and it goes on. But there's just a, a little interesting bit uh, where it says labor is studying community courts that have been set up in Australia, which have cut reoffending oh, rates the by fuck a quarter. Why is everyone so obsessed with what those daft cunts are up to? <laughs> they're not a real they're country. They're a sunburned country full of racists. Yeah, the, the people yeah. we should listen to are the English with fucking terminal sunstroke. Good shout. Yeah. It also, it also says here that um, speaking about the power to decide how perpetrators all level crimes are punished, um, it comes after Reed promised to extend this power to victims, meaning those who suffer the consequences of antisocial behaviour will get to decide how they get punished. So that's great. Um, isn't, isn't one stop, of the fundamental stop, 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 tenets of isn't one of the fundamental tenets of like justice that the victim doesn't get to decide what I mean am I am I completely wrong here what is going on are well, we just in, in credit, there is actual balance in this article because Mark Beatty, the chairman of the Magistrates Association, said new community courts were not needed. He said, efforts to reduce the court's backlog are vital to ensure timely justice and we will examine proposals further when more details are released. It's useful to learn from other jurisdictions. However, our current magistrates court system already works well. Magistrates are drawn from local communities, fully trained and regularly appraised. The key to reducing backlogs is to increase recruitment of magistrates and ensure that courts are well resourced. Like you know, the experts. Yeah, this is what we talked about. Cost money. Praxis chat. This is this is what we we talked about. This is an actual mm -hmm. thing that people mm -hmm. should be fucking. <laughs> yeah, but Rob, but that what you're saying is that there should be some kind of rigorous process by which people are uh, taken up to the position of magistrate and then are able to dispense justice in a somewhat yeah. Fair and that fashion. people have like lawyers Whereas we, if what they we need could one. Do, what we could do is we could just go down to the fucking community centre, round up the crustiest fuckers that we can find who are going to just <laughs> tell tell you how, who's going to get shot today. No, be uh, fair, be fair. We will make sure that they have a degree in sports sciences first. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, look, right, listen. Um, this is all about like the punishment side of it, but really labour is all about prevention too, okay? So um, okay. also from last week in the mirror, um, they thought we'd tackle it at home, right? by announcing that mums and dads will be made to do parenting classes if kids keep doing crime, Labour says. What exactly are they expecting to teach people? Like, imagine if you if your kid is Pablo fucking Escobar. <laughs> what are you possibly going to do to rend them in as a result of these parenting lessons? Mr. and Mrs. Escobar getting called into the school. <laughs> What's with all the hippos? <laughs> <laughs> to Mr. and Mrs. Escobar, a son. <laughs> it's, uh, it's Plata y Plumo or a chat down at the school. You know, any of the three will do. Um, but yeah, no. Yeah. Shadow Justice Secretary Steve Reed has pledged to help parents. Love that. That ball-licking cunt. <laughs> help parents take responsibility for tackling the behaviour of their own children. Help parents how? take responsibility. How? Love it. How, how, what kind of help? Is it, is it a gun? Are we going to give them, or, or do you get like a, do, well, maybe you get like a um, no, I was going to say, you get, you get sent home with a sports coach. It's like, it's, it's like, hello, young Pablo. This is coach Billy. He lives here now. 
The Labour Minister said, we will expand the use of parenting orders so the courts can require parents of persistent young offenders to attend parenting classes. A we PE will support parents teacher in every home. <laughs> yep. We will support parents <laughs> to steer their children's lives back on track before the crime in a young life becomes a life of crime. Oh, I bet he loved that line. Right. So if I get it correctly, the the police oversee the the the, the gym coaches. The bus drivers oversee the police, but who then oversees the bus drivers? Just so I get <laughs> like just so I have a good ranking of where, who I'm supposed to yeah, talk to at what point. Rob needs to know the chain of command and where the bus yeah, driver falls within it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I got nothing, but you know what I do have? It, I do have... Is it a union, do Baron? Have, is it, does it all just lead up to union, Baron? No, I'm pretty sure <laughs> Labour's against that. But, but um, I, I can say that, you know, for certain, there is one concrete little policy I can give you, which is Shadow Justice Secretary Steve Reid has said we're not going to be legalising drugs. So you can take, you know, solace in that. That's part oh, because he said he week. tried it once and didn't like it, which they all say. Yeah, and it's yeah. like st yeah. statistically not fucking true. Which At is fucking hilarious on the face of it, to be said, honest. I mean, guys, guys, you got to bear in mind, if you try it and don't like it, it's not illegal. It's only if you like it, it becomes illegal. That's how it is. That's what's written in the law, right? Right? <laughs> I can't believe you've just offered me, this self-hating guy on this podcast, a free license to do as many drugs as I like. <laughs> Look, David, I've been doing that for years and you've just been ignoring me. <laughs> but no, I bet like I bet he says that about a lot of stuff, you know, like fucking and uh, shrimp and lambrini. Like, oh I tried it once but I didn't like it. Like fucking do you know what I mean? Getting out of bed in the morning and not like fucking immediately looking on the Guardian website. It's probably about what he says like about him it. to be fair, so Yeah. <laughs> Letting his peas and his chips touch on his dinner plate. Tried it once, couldn't <laughs> like it. <laughs> yeah. In, in, in the glorious Labour future, essentially the only things that will be permitted are things that got like three or more stars on Steve Reed's Google reviews. Mm. <laughs> Andrew, 20 so, men's pizza? Yeah, you must go, citizen. I'm very sorry. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's just the Labour man. The teacher will be along to collect you shortly. For your state mandated <laughs> yeah. 20 minutes pizza trip. I'd love to go, love to go on a hajj to a fucking pizza place. <laughs> labor mandated. Labor yeah, mandated. State mandated. Labor mandated two cokes and a pizza. God damn. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway. Um, but no, so like here's the thing, like right? this is their hits from last week. This is what they're offering. Yeah, it's not the it's not the whole manifesto yet, a new one will be forthcoming soon, we're told. But that gives you an idea of flavour of what it is. But it doesn't just even stop there. This has crept out into other areas. Cause Starmer was speaking at the National Farmers Union in Birmingham today. Gym coaches, um, gym coaches for every farm. <laughs> <laughs> the Labour leader told farmers that they deserved better and he backed um more homegrown produce, okay. And lower crime in rural areas. It's crime. Crime everywhere. You just crime is what they do. Um, crime is what labour has to offer. Push-ups push on every farm. Wind sprints, motherfucker. I assumed Starmer turned up to this place in one of those fucking uh, well, like crime over time graphs, but with the axis, the y-axis inverted, <laughs> like on fucking Fox News. <laughs> But as we uh, as we kind of come to summation of this, right, I want to offer you a little report from Sky, okay? Um, I'm just going to read you it. Tough on crime, tough on causes of crime. Labour evokes Tony Blair in policing plans. 
Yvette Cooper says the former Prime Minister was right then and right now, and she promises to champion social justice, improve standards and increase labourhood policing. Social justice? Mob violence is what you're talking about. As she launched a scathing attack on the shocking level of chaos under the government. So, yeah, there you go. That is that is what Keir Starmer is offering you. He's offering you things that can, in fact, only get better, apparently, we're assured. Um, and that's it. That's, that's, the, that's the state of Labour. And it's always been the state of Labour since Tony fucking Blair. It's just been shoved in the closet. But now it's back, baby. Now it's out in full. And uh, we all get to look forward to that. So, um, there you go. Fatality. All right. <laughs> Had to get the mileage out of those drops. Yeah. Didn't we? So the, I think the only the, the the positive takeaway we can get from this is uh, if you're listening to this podcast and like you're at a moment you're sort of in a crossroad of your career and you don't know what to do, all we can say is secondary school coach. Just get get yeah. your fitness license. And like you will have so many jobs, it will just you'll be fucking incredible. You'll be given the power of life and death, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it really is like one of those we those insane quirks about this fucking country that for some reason, like sports scientists are just given like this huge disproportionate amount of power. Why are these people doing assessments for people with mental health issues? Why are these people now deciding who gets punished with what crime? Why the fuck is this happening? And why is it <laughs> happening to me? <laughs> it's, I mean, it, it all goes. It all goes back to fucking boarding schools and get fit for Britain and all this kind of. You know, it's all basically right. Of all the professions, PE teacher is the nonciest of professions. I put it to you, and so it's only <laughs> fitting that that should be the bedrock of this fucking curse style. I mean, all I'm going to no, say I about think the children's PE teachers... TV presenter has them beat. <laughs> <laughs> ah, but Jamie, a lot of children's TV presenters have previously been, uh, you know, uh, PE teachers. So you know, it compounds. I mean, all I'm going to say is that my uh, PE teacher genuinely at secondary school uh, used to disappear into the back to check equipment with one of my fellow students. And then the day she turned 18, she moved out of her parents' house and into his. And then he divorced and then remarried her two months later. Cool times. I, I, I want him to be re responsible for my punishment for whatever crime I will commit. Mm. Good to know it's not just a British disease, at least. No, 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 no. Remind me what they would sometimes call the Netherlands again. Never mind. Doesn't matter. Nonsense. Uh, they... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that that's your lot. That is Labour Crime Week, and it will come again. This is a this is an eternal fight, and we look forward to next year having yet another Labour Crime Week with yet more brilliant policies, ultimately offered by that wonderful gentleman, Tony Fucking Blair. All this has happened before, and it will happen again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In, the far, in, the, in the far distance of the future, we will create a series of increasingly human-like robots to do the gym coaching for us. <laughs> and they will oh, rebel. Well, um... They will rebel, and then they will all fuck off to the, I don't know, the planet Decathlon. I think I have actually broken Rob with this episode. Mission fucking Yeah, I think you might have, yeah. I'll save us all by ending the episode then. Um, no comment or commentary yet because even I'm not that cruel. Um, but if you want more episodes in which I am that cruel, uh, you can check them out at patreon.com forward slash praxiscast where you will get bonus episodes one a month. Um, join us on the Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash praxiscast. That's Thursdays and 
also uh, merch is available at praxiscast.tml.com if you would like a t-shirt or a hoodie or a vest if you're so inclined yeah and if you want to remain out of prison start doing push-ups now motherfucker or don't sounds like a plan bye 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 see ya Oh, yeah, right.